Welcome to the Doug Peterson Show. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. J.P. Shadrick and former Jaguar Jeff Lagerman discuss the latest Jaguars news with the head coach. The Doug Peterson Show starts right now. And welcome in. Yes, the Doug Peterson Show, Week 14, the Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans coming up. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman and Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson. And moving off of last week's performance in Detroit, the defensive issues there, the offense had some drops, some things like that. But I guess the question moving ahead is how has the team responded in the meetings on the practice field coming off that game? And and how do you challenge the team to put together a bounce back performance after a week like that? Yeah, the first thing you know, looking back, that wasn't that wasn't uh, that wasn't us last weekend. Um, you know, there wasn't really anything positive that came out of that game in all three phases. You know, I think all offense, defense, and special teams all kind of we got our tail kicked. You know, in all three phases, and and um, you know that's the thing about this league, and 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 it just goes to show you that every week is a different set of circumstances. You got to be prepared every single week against every opponent. Every team is good, you know, and 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 the beauty of where we sit uh, is we get an opportunity to go on the road again uh, against a division opponent, you know, Tennessee Titans, and uh, and try to rebound and and put our best foot forward. And the guys have uh, had had a really good couple of days, and and. You know they're they're upset. They're disappointed. You know they they put that out on tape. That that that's now you're only as good as your last game or as bad as your last game. And so that's the that's what people remember. And uh, so they're uh, they're obviously disappointed and focused and uh, and ready for another opportunity. Yeah, never fun, but you got to learn from it. And and you know to go back earlier in the season when you had a couple wins, I remember the phrase "so what now what," and that really applies even now after a bad performance. It does. It does. You're exactly right. And and you know the the, the faster you can put things behind you, and um, you know that so what it's now what it's now now what is the time? It's the time to go and it's time to play. And and um, you know you have five ball games left. And in you know quite honestly, everything is still you know right in front of us. Um, you know from an opportunity standpoint, you know we we dug ourselves a little bit more into a hole. Um, you know with the, the loss last weekend, but. But uh, I'm excited for this football team and, and where we're headed. With your defense, earlier in the season, you guys were playing the run really well. And that gave you an opportunity to rush the passer better. How do you get back to being a, a defense that controls the line of scrimmage in the run game to allow yourself better opportunities and down and distance situations when you get to third down? You know, what you've seen, and, and I think how teams are, are scheming our defense, uh, number one, uh, they feel like, our base defense it's hard to run against our base defense and that's that's where teams they don't want to they don't want to get in big personnel they don't want to get in 12 personnel they want to stay little uh put nickel on the field and give you opportunities to not only throw the football but also run the football you know um and so that's that's what we've seen you know in the last couple of weeks but you know it really doesn't matter who's on the field you know we've got to be really disciplined in in um, you know our our run fits. The the guys up front have have got to do a great job of of shedding blocks. Linebackers got to be downhill. I mean there's there's a physicality as you know you know to the run game and and you know we're we're gonna see a ton of it this weekend. Um, you know with Derrick Henry and and uh, the the tremendous run game that they have. So you know regardless of his base defense or nickel defense, you know it's gonna take eleven guys doing their job um, to make sure that we you know kind of kind of nullify the run a little bit and then you know uh, obviously you know try to slow down Derrick Henry. 
All right, Coach, let's go to the Microsoft Surface for a fan question, and it involves the quarterback position, which is under the microscope this week at Gen 1981. How difficult is it for an offense to practice and perform with a backup quarterback stepping into practice this late in the season? And, of course, that's coming off the toe issue for Trevor Lawrence. Didn't practice Wednesday. What's the latest with him? And then C.J. Beathard on the practice field this yeah, week. Yeah, no, Trevor's doing fine. He, he's, uh, he's, doing, he's doing great his day-to-day. Uh, just want to make sure he's 100% or at least close to 100% you know, uh, before we get him back out there. But, you know, for us, we're, we're blessed to have a veteran quarterback in C.J., uh, he understands our system. He understands the offense. He understands the personnel that we have on the field. You know, and, and, and I, I know exactly how he feels. You know, he's the backup quarterback stepping in, you know, for a starter during the week of practice. And, and you know, he, he's preparing to play if need be, you know. And, and um, you know, obviously we're optimistic and hopeful that, that Trevor, you know, is ready to go on game day. But uh, but if not, I mean, I'm telling you right now, CJ CJ will be prepared, and and he's excited for the opportunity. He's had a great week so far, and and um, veteran guy that you know just uh, uh, sort of cherishes the moment. Trevor, being a young quarterback, uh, you know it's important for young quarterbacks to take reps in the week leading up to a game. He's never been in a situation like this where he hasn't had practice reps. You know, one day now, who knows what happens going forward? But if he has to play. How do you emphasize to your quarterback, and you've obviously probably had to do this in the past, how do you emphasize to your starting quarterback that may miss some time during the week, what does he have to do to get ready to play on a Sunday? The biggest thing is the mental preparation during the week and, and understanding and watching the tape and the film, watching practice, see how, see how the game plan kind of folds throughout the course of the week. And, you know, that, I think the biggest thing in our conversations, you know, with Trevor – uh, are just going to be this, like, hey, just just execute the offense. Don't don't do too much, right? You, you know, you haven't had the full complement of reps during the week, and let's just go out and execute what we've been able to do uh, throughout the course of the year. That's that's given us some success on offense, and you know, and, and honestly, too, you gotta you gotta rely a little bit on the offensive line and the run game, and and get that going. And you know, that's that's an area that we've kind of struggled in the last couple of weeks, getting that run game going, and and uh, that would be a big help to uh, you know helping Trevor you know, on Sunday. And with Travis Etienne last week, put the ball on the carpet early in the ball game. So he's had a couple fumbles. You know, the Giants game had one tight red area or red zone area, and then this one, and you know how that works. I mean, once you kind of put that on film, opponents are going to say, hey, look, this guy has put the ball on the ground. They're going to be going after it now at a higher level maybe than they ordinarily would. So how do you prepare Travis for that? You know, it's just a matter of just continuing to show him and and actually, you know, work it in practice. Have our have our look team punch and and strip and try to pull the ball out and just you know make a conscious effort to to hang on to the football and, and get back to the fundamentals of of what we teach uh, during the course of the week with with ball security. Um, still have a lot of confidence, you know, but but yeah, you're right. You know, those are the things that you're putting out there on tape and teams see that. It's sort of like you know, uh, blood in the water, you know, and, and, the, and the sharks begin to, to swarm a little bit and, and, and they see that and, and they'll go after the football. So, you know, we just continue to, to, to educate all our players on ball security, put them through ball security circuits, you know, drills during the course of the week and just, uh, you know, when they, get to, when they get to game time is just make a conscious effort of, you know, hanging up, wrapping up the ball and, and holding on to it. Is there a way that you teach a running back in the league to hold a ball? You know, I go back to in the memory bank, Tom Coughlin with Tiki Barber and kind of changed the way that he held it and made him hold it up higher. 
Uh, I mean, I'm sure that everything works differently for different running backs, but is there a belief or a way to carry the ball that you or Bernie Parmalee have, you know, your running backs coach? You know, we, um, we, we preach a lot about wrist above the elbow, uh, number one. Anytime that wrist drops below the elbow, you expose the football. And, and then we talk about a class. We talk about the off, offhand coming over the top of the ball when we you know, brace for contact and, and keeping the ball tight to your pec and your chest, just like you were talking about, you know, keeping it up a little bit higher, but keep that wrist above the elbow, uh, clasp, uh, hold it tight, don't get it loose, you know, and keep the ball away from the defender. You know, you see ball carriers switch hands, which is okay, but, but we talk a lot about body-ball boundary, right? You want your, your body and the ball to the boundary side so that you can use your offhand or inside hand as a stiff arm and protect the football that way. So these are all things that we've educated our players on all the way back to the offseason. Uh, we continue to use them uh, each week now during the regular season. And, um, you know, it just comes down to a conscious effort of just understanding guys are going to go after the football. And Tennessee's another good defense of, uh, you know, trying to punch that ball out. Doug Peterson with us on the Doug Peterson Show. And speaking of stiff arms, Derrick Henry is on the other side this week. The numbers haven't been there really the last month or so, but it really only takes one breakdown, one missed opportunity to bring him down, or one, two, or three stiff arms, and he can flip the field in a hurry. How do you slow him down? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a challenge, you know, but it, it's, it's, all, it's all 11. You know, it's all 11 on defense, and – and uh, obviously it starts with the defensive line and, and linebackers, and, and then it works its way to the secondary with safeties being downhill. Corners are going to have to get physical in the run game, you know, and, and do the best they can to, you know, stop his charge. He'll, he'll get back there seven and a half, eight yards deep, and, and here he comes. And, and he's a tremendous running back. And, you know, um, teams have been able to kind of swarm and control the line of scrimmage, have had success, you know, against him. And, um, you know, that's something we've got to try to do this week. And, and um, again, the, the the more we can slow him down and keep him, you know, uh, under control, easier said than done, uh, the better your chances. Yeah, I've heard terms used with him before. You know, you try to stop him before he gets started, populate Derrick Henry. But uh, the one thing I think that that has really helped when when you're trying to stop Derrick Henry is you score early and often against Tennessee kind of takes them a little bit out of their groove of wanting to run the football because that's not what their offense does best. Exactly right. And, and the, more, the more we can play great offense, which is kind of like a, playing great defense, right, and, and keeping them off the field or, as you say, score. And the more you can score and, and, and get, get a lead and sustain the lead, um, you know, puts the ball in the air just a little bit more, you know, for them. But, you know, uh, and, that's, and that's where the offense, you know, again, I think that's where ball control offensively, getting the run game going – uh, be efficient in the passing game, you know, stay on schedule, stay ahead of the sticks, stay out of those third and long situations, which, you know, defenses, you know, and this is a great defense on third down, um, and they pride themselves of getting off the field. So, you know, those are all keys to really – uh, helping us win this game, you know, Sunday. Number one in the league on third downs on defense. Jeffrey Simmons has a big hand in that. Where, where does he rank uh, in terms of maybe comparing to some of the guys you've seen this year on the D-line? Yeah, we've, we've played a ton of great interior guys and, and edge rushers, you know, and he, he's one of the top guys we'll, we'll see all season. You know, he's in our division. Uh, you think of, you know, the, the two big guys there in Indianapolis and, you know, in, in – you know our our guards have done a nice job you know this year you know defending but but listen he he's a guy that gets rolling he can get on edge and create an edge and 
and uh, get after the passer. He's he's physical in the run game. Just an overall great player, and um, you know one of the one of the top leaders on their football team. Yeah, he's kind of a little bit of a microcosm of their team because I mean that's a physical football team, both offensively and defensively. And I don't want to say they play bully ball, but they play a physical brand of football, and that's what Mike Vrabel's been teaching them ever since he's been there. You're exactly right. They feed off of what Mike, uh, you know, Vrabel teaches, and, and of course him being a defensive guy himself, and and uh, you know being a physical guy, and and you know that's that's the emotion of the football team, and and then they're well coached, well disciplined. You see it, you see it all over the field, uh, in all three phases. They're good on special teams as well, and. And, um, you know, you, you see why, obviously, they're, they're atop of the AFC South right now and everybody's chasing them. Final thought with you, Coach. Uh, setting the tone in the AFC South. Jags haven't won in Nashville in a long time, 2013. But the importance of a win this week against the perennial power in the division to maybe set the tone, maybe not for this year, but for the years ahead, that, hey, the Jags aren't getting pushed around by the division anymore. How big would that be to score a win this week? Well, I think it, I think it'd be be number one. It'd be huge, and obviously, it's um, it, it would it would go a long way to the goals that we still have, you know, in place for this season. And and um, you know, it just it'd just be a a great indication that that we're improving, you know, as a football team, and and things have changed in Jacksonville, and and uh, gives the guys a lot of confidence, you know, going into the last you know month of the season. So um, do everything you can to try to try to get a win uh, against a good opponent on the road. Um, and, uh, and see if we can get that done. Doug, thanks for the time as always. Good luck to you in Nashville. All right, thank you. It's head coach Doug Peterson. We're back with more of the Doug Peterson Show after this on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. Welcome back. It is the Doug Peterson Show. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, our thanks to the Jaguars head coach, Doug Peterson, for joining us each and every week. And this week, it's week 14. The Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans coming up. He had a little, uh, I don't know if that was a nervous energy chuckle when I asked him how to tackle Derrick Henry or what that was, but um, it, it's never easy, and that's what uh, stood out to me about that conversation. Yeah, the, the big backs, you just got to get a lot of guys there. You, know, you need to hit them as, as much as they can, and, and with most big guys, even Derrick Henry, to some extent, because he's an outstanding back, they sometimes need a little room to get going. And a so, runway. Yeah. Well, not necessarily a runway. It's a short runway, yeah. but they need a runway. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like that. Thanks. That was great, JP. That I appreciate was, it. Actually, that was incredible. One for I me. Mean, wow. Got one. Like, really good. Ding, ding. That made up for your Muma thing earlier. Ring the bell. <laughs> <laughs> but if you can get to him a little bit early, because Derek, once he gets going, I mean, that's when you see the stiff arms and the power just running through guys and. He's a great back. I mean, he's uh, you got to populate him. You got to hit him. You got to hit him low. You got to hit him high. <laughs> hit him as much as you can. If you're gonna hit him high. You better have some guys around you, though. But you, with do, you. and here's the thing that's very surprising about him: most big backs that are tall, you know, six four, two fifty, or whatever he is, they don't get to the outside and get vertical very well. But they love to do that. That's actually one of the things that he does best. If you go back to the memory bank and you remember 
that famous run that Derrick Henry had against the Jaguars, it was a play that he bounces out to the perimeter and then he's just stiff-arming the small guys. They love to get him on DBs. I mean, of course, who wouldn't? But a lot of running backs don't handle the smaller tackles, the low tackles, but Derrick Henry does such a great job with his stiff arm that they like that. And he's got the speed to get outside, and, and not many big backs have that. And that, that's uh, that's impressive. And that's why he's arguably one of the best backs in the league. But over the last four weeks, he's slowed down a little bit. Or, they have been, or he has been slowed down by the opponent. So you hope the Jaguars can keep that trend going because if you can't, it will make it much more difficult to win. What else stood out about our conversation with the head coach tonight? Quarterback was the big uh, big topic. Everybody's kind of got their yeah. ears on it, at least. Yeah, and we'll see. Kind of a thing. I think that you come away with that. Um, you know, I, th- I think definitely also just the big picture thing. The one thing that I think that impresses me about Doug is that he never reacts in a knee-jerk way, whether it's positive or whether it's negative. And I don't want to say steady Eddie, but – He's one of those, hey, let's just stay the course. We, we have long-term objectives that we're trying to reach. We just need to continue to work. And that's what I like about him. And, you know, if you go back and you look at, at every game prior to the Detroit game, this team had been in every game for the most part and one possession games, all of them, but the one game in Kansas City. So you like that. So you hope that this is one of those games that is kind of an anomaly, I guess you could say, one of the outliers, outcasts, whatever you want to call it. You hope that that's the case with this game and that you just had a bad day. Sometimes that happens. You know, Kansas City can even have a bad day. They got beat by Indy. Yes, they did. Earlier this year. And who would have thought that Indy could have beat Kansas City? Nobody. So, it can happen. It can. Yes. Yes, it can. Uh, We're going to come back in a moment and get a little more into the quarterback situation. We've got to discuss the defense, of course, coming off a tough performance, a rough performance, just a bad performance last week in Detroit. It is time to deck the halls, Duval. Join us Sunday, December 18th as Trevor Lawrence leads the charge against Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're gifting the game or treating yourself, we've got tickets to fit every budget. So visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. This is the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. This is the Doug Peterson Show presented by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman, head coach Doug Peterson in the opening segment each and every Thursday as the Jaguars face the Titans this week, first of two meetings against the division rivals. The Titans will come to Jacksonville in the final week of the regular season on into January, but uh, this week it's in Nashville, a place the Jaguars have not won since 2013. Well, all eyes are well on radio. All ears are on Trevor Lawrence and the <laughs> toe issue 
the big toe on his left foot. That was a, that was a good adjustment. There, thank JP. you very like much. Depends on your your media choice. Um, it, it was scary. Obviously, he said it this week. He thought it was his knee at first, and then they got out there and started working on him. And it's like, oh, that doesn't hurt as much as I thought it would. And then it, all of a sudden, the toe. He came back out, finished the game, and then. It's a toe issue now, all of a sudden, which um, is a sigh of relief for everyone, but he still has not practiced this week on Wednesday or Thursday, and we'll see what's it going to take. You know, and Doug Peterson said on, I believe, Wednesday in his press conference, you know, players, depending on who they are, may not have to practice to be able to go on Sunday, and he's one of those guys. Well, maybe. I mean, maybe. but it hasn't been proven yet, and that's I think one of those things where you just got to kind of wait and see to see if that is in fact the case. But it was a gruesome looking kind of tackle because the the foot ankle got trapped under the defender, and then the the knee kind of got twisted a little bit. Yeah, I can tell you that I'm sure it was scary for him, but I was sitting there going, oh. Oh no! One of those moments you're like holding your breath, and uh, when he grabbed at the knee, I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> but then when he came out of the tunnel and then jogged across oh, yeah. the Hair, back of the end zone, hair's flowing, he's running out, he's not limping. Let's go! And then he had a couple runs when he came back into the game. You felt okay, okay, he's going to be okay. Maybe just a scare and. Of course, a lot of times when you're in that moment, the adrenaline carries you through it. So it's a lot of, I mean, I remember one time coming off the field, and this was in college, giving an example, and uh, the trainers are coming up over to me. He's going, come on, we need to see you. The doctors are grabbing me. I'm like, what are you doing? Stay away from me. This is a football game. We're playing Clemson. Okay? And, uh, and it was a weird occurrence. The, uh, the helmet that I was wearing, which was a bike helmet, and the bike helmet had this web, inflatable web, but then right on your forehead it had another layer of pad that was in kind of a stationary position. So there could be a separation between these two different pads, the webbing on the top and then the fixed part across your, your forehead. So anyway, I was banging heads with these offensive linemen. Well, that where the pads were at, they pulled apart and it literally split my whole forehead open about two inches. Hmm. And so my forehead was just pouring blood, and I don't – I mean, I remember the offensive lineman looking at me kind of funny, and I'm like, what the hell are you looking at, you know, kind of a thing. And I come off the field, and they grab me, and the doctors say, you know, start carrying me over by my – I'm like, what, what is going on? Well, I'm pouring blood out of my forehead, which is that scar that's right up here. You can probably see it. It's and an improvement, by the it way. It probably was. And they ended up having to uh, – they just put a – uh, pad on it, gauze pad, and then taped around my, my head. Had to sew it up after the game. But I, I didn't know. Um, another time was playing a game, and, and all of a sudden I go running off the field because we stopped him on downs, and it was a pass rush move, and, and my right pinky was pointing a 90-degree angles to the right. And I'm like, oh, darn. <laughs> hmm. That's not good. So I run over to the trainer, and I said, hey, Pepper, his name was Pepper Burris, that popped my finger back in, and he said, pops it and, and gets it back semi-straight again and taped it to the other finger. But, I mean, a lot of times injuries happen and the adrenaline just carries you through that. Now, with Trevor with the toe, and I, I don't know the exact nature of the sprain. I'm not a doctor. Okay, We're not privy to that information. We have no idea. But if it's a toe that's 
like a sprained toe similar to like what we call turf toe in the past or something of that nature, there are ways that you can protect that toe a little bit. One way is that if it's a, like a bruise type situation is to put like an orthoplast cover over the toe on the top. If it's more of a sprain type situation, and I have a shoe here just to oh, show you. Oh, how convenient. Look at this. Okay. If you're watching on jaguars.com, we've got yes. footwear on the set. When you, you have an insole, okay, to a shoe. Thank you, yes. And right. there are there's things that uh, that you can put in your shoe to help stabilize the entire foot or to actually to stabilize a toe area. And so when you take this insole out, you actually insert a flat thing that goes in there and it will be between the shoe and your insole. There's two different kinds. One of them has like a half metal plate that goes on the forefront of the of the shoe. That still allows the flexion of the actual front of the foot. But what it does is it takes some of the pressure off of the toe bending right here in the front part of your foot. Mm. So that solid, thin metal plate protects the toe band a little bit. There are other plates that can go in a shoe that are a full plate, which is designed for more of, a, of an arch issue, plantar fasciitis issue. But if Trevor has a toe issue, I would not be surprised if he were to wear what I would call the half-plate insert under the insole of his shoe to help protect that toe. Thank you for the visual. The, uh, and the, no, my shoe does not is smell. Is that yours? That is my shoe. The, were you wearing that just now? Yes. That's disgusting. Get that off the desk. It's why. What are we doing here? Why? It's, it's, what are we doing? It's a, it I'm, was, because I'm sitting right next a, to you. That's why. slide it over No, your way I don't. Get, it off, get yeah. out of here. Mia. No, no, yeah, thanks. We're back. <laughs> Let me fan <laughs> we're gonna take the a time air out over towards you. And we're about to move some furniture in here. Um, plenty more ahead. We'll get to the defense when we come back. It's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. Welcome back. It's week 14. The Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans coming up at Nissan Stadium, Nashville, Tennessee, this Sunday, 1 o'clock Eastern time on the banks of the Cumberland River, just off Broadway. And boy, what a what a town to go visit. The Jaguars hate it there, though. They haven't won there since 2013. They're trying to turn that around, and it'll take a better defensive performance than last week. I'll say that. The Jaguars gave up eight scoring drives and then a kneel down to end the game for the Lions. Couldn't get off the field at all. No punts for Detroit. All right, so uh, Jeff Lagerman, you want to fix it. Go ahead. Well, you'd like to fix it. How how do you fix it? Well, if, if you go back to the Ravens game, Okay, the Ravens' very last possession, they ran out of time or running out of time, and they kicked the, the long field goal attempt, right? Yes. The drive before that was a long pass to Sean Jackson. That's right. So in reality, if you, if you go back, there was eight scoring drives against Detroit, and then you had the field goal try that fell short. It was a 67-yard attempt, which would have been a record. It was nine of ten drives were scores. So if you if you go back, if you really think about it, if you look at meaningful drives, the Jaguars haven't stopped anybody in the last ten drives defensively. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you didn't you you didn't stop them there for that field goal attempt because you allowed them to on a 
squib kick that didn't work out so well. Yeah. And then you allowed a completion. You gave them a a, a chance, a long opportunity mm-hmm. at a game-winning field goal. I mean, so the defense is, has fallen short. How do you and, fix it? It's a great question. Or is it fixable and I, in one week? Is it, is it one of those where you just kind of got to have some better play all around? You have to have – Better play all around. You have to have better coaching. You have to have better fundamentals. You, you might simplify some things a little bit. Because the thing that's that's worrisome is that against Detroit, you had open receivers multiple times in the game. When I say open receivers, I'm not talking about a receiver that has three yards of separation that maybe just got separation against a guy in man coverage. I'm talking about a blown coverage than man that the guy is there's not anybody within 10 or 15 yards of them that's the concerning part it's one thing to get beat when they just physically beat you they make a better throw and they make a great move on a route to get separation the quarterback puts it in and just and they have a successful play that's different than okay we had a play and nobody was covering that wide receiver or nobody was covering that tight end or nobody was covering that back out of the backfield. Those are concerning plays. Against the Ravens, the Sean Jackson on that long one, uh, the tight end on a crossing route, uh, Josh Oliver. Mm. I mean, those plays are all concerning because it's not just a matter of getting beat. But so you just got to continue to coach. You got to continue to teach and make sure that your defense is assignment aware and do you shorten the length of the assignments? Maybe by simplifying things. Or you just continue to, you know, if you've already simplified, then that's a problem. So uh, there you have it. We're, we're back in a moment. Plenty more ahead. Um, a physical football game ahead. A trenches game, Doug Peterson said. We'll get your thoughts on that, Logs, when we return. It's the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. Welcome back. It is the Doug Peterson Show. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. The Jaguars and the Titans coming up. We heard from the Jaguars head coach, Doug Peterson, of course, at the start of the show. He joins us each and every week. All right, so it's Titans week. That means it is a physical football game, a trenches game, as Doug Peterson said earlier this week. Offensive line, defensive line, both sides, that where that's where things begin or end for this Jags football team this well, week. If it's gonna be one of those battles in the Jaguars offensive line's gotta play better. I mean I'm seriously, they gotta play better. I mean Tennessee's probably saying the same thing because after their performance against Philly it was, yeah, it right. was not very good. Yeah. But the reason that I say that is one it if Trevor plays, you're gonna have a quarterback that has a toe issue and you don't wanna have anything affect him with that toe, and then also understanding that he hasn't had a full weeks of a full week of preparation like he normally would, so allow him a little leeway to kind of get his footing underneath of him and his toe underneath of him, ah, so to speak. Yes, yeah. I like that. Yeah, so but wait, uh, there's one for you. Well yeah, done. one for me. But seriously, last week against Detroit, and I think this is something that. Uh, it's got to change. This offensive line is not finishing the way that it needs to. 
What do you mean by that? How? What does that actually mean? In the running game, when you're blocking somebody, you know the old saying, go to the whistle. This offensive line needs to finish. There are times when you have offensive linemen that are watching the running back get tackled. Oh, that's not good. That doesn't, that's not good. Pass protection, okay? Finish, okay? Act like this guy, if he touches your quarterback, that you're going to lose a bad, a really bad large amount of money or whatever. You have to have something in your mind that says, I have to finish this play. Run game, pass game. Offensive line's got to do a better job of finishing, especially in the run game. And in the pass protection thing this week, you better make sure that your quarterback is clean just because he's coming off of an injury and he hasn't had the week's prep. And part of that also is the the tight end group and the wide receiver group. They're a big part of this this running game because a lot of times the Jaguars are running from three wide receivers and one tight end set, so they have to be a part of it as well. If you go back and you look at some of the, the successful runs that the Jaguars have had this year with the long runs by ETN, the receivers and tight ends have, a, have been, had a large part in that because they're blocking people on the perimeter or a safety creeping down in the box or what have you. So they've got to be a big part of that. And the running game needs to really take some of that pressure off of Trevor. Again, same kind of thing what I'm talking about with the offensive line because of the foot. Take pressure off of him, allow a little less stress on him, and if that happens, you got a chance, and you got a big chance down the field. This, this Titans group, again, as I said before, this Titans secondary is not great. Back to the offensive line. Were they finishing better earlier in the season? Has that changed I'm, over time? Let me talk specifically about Juwan Taylor. Right tackle. Okay, Juwan Taylor has not been finishing well. And then remember how I sung his praises? There was like two or three weeks. I was like, this is the best stretch of games early, I've ever seen. Early in the season, Juwan Taylor. It? Yeah. And it, was, it wasn't early. It was uh, like four weeks, five, six, or whatever it okay. was. And he had a three, two-game stretch. I said, that's the best football that I've ever seen him play. He's finishing. His pass protection has been really solid this year. Really solid. Much improved. Much improved. But the finishing in the run game is not improved. It's not consistent. He had it again. He had a couple weeks stretch there where the performance was outstanding and finishing, but he's got to get back to finishing. And the thing is, when you put it on film and you show what you've done like that at a high level finishing and pass protection being good, you set a standard that you need to be able to, to, to be able to have each and every week. You know, Cam Robinson, I mean, that used to be kind of his calling card was finishing in the run game. He's got to get back to some of that. And he's kind of backed off a little bit of that. You know, Fortner's another one. I mean, he's got to finish. He's a young player that's not finishing. He's got to be more physical. Got to finish and be more physical. I mean, this offensive line needs to get going. You know, this offensive line needs to get going. This defense needs to get going. You know, they got to, they got to definitely do something different than what they've done recently to be able to have a different result in Tennessee. When we return, social media question for Jeff Logerman. Yes, your favorite, Logs. Bring it on. You're a Twitter guy. I'm ready. You're all over Twitter. Yeah. You're on there. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on it. I'm not saying anything that's incorrect. I'm on it. You're on there. I'm on it. We're not on there. I'm on it. You're on there. We'll see how on there you are when we come back. It's the Doug Peterson Show 
on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. Welcome back to the Doug Peterson Show, presented by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman, Doug Peterson in the opening segment each week. The Jaguars and the Titans coming up. Let's go to the Microsoft Surface for a social media question for Jeff Lagerman. From at DTWDCaddy2000, after a rough week for the defense, what is the best part of this defense right now, and how do they finish strong? I think that's more of a a positive look at what could be for this defense. What What is the best thing they're doing right now? I know they didn't do much of anything well last week, but if you had to pick one thing. No, and, uh, and right now it's kind of hard to focus in on anything that they're doing well right now. Maybe a, a player who's playing okay. Like, well, I mean, I think I think Foya Lucan is playing very hard. Rayshon Jenkins playing very hard. I think Cisco is playing good football. He had a, a mistake there on the long pass to Deshaun Jackson there that he needed to be on that side of the field in the deep deep zone there. But overall, I think he's really starting to play faster. I think Tyson Campbell's been consistent, and he's been solid. Uh, they've got to find a way, though, to generate more pass rush. But Foyer, I think, has been steady. And you know, here's the thing. Foyer hasn't been great, but he just plays hard. And Rayshon Jenkins hasn't been perfect, but he plays hard. And you have a chance when you have guys that are aware of their assignments and that they play hard. And that's what I like about Foyer and about Rayshon Jenkins because they are physical and they play hard and they, they're not perfect again, but they, but they seem to be assignment aware. Okay, there you go. But what I want to see this defense – become and get back to is because I know that they're capable, much like when I talk about how you see Juwan Taylor perform in those couple games where it was like, wow, that's the best version of Juwan Taylor I've ever seen. Now he set the standard. The same applies for the defense. Go back to the early games of the season. Okay, when this defense was one of the top five defenses in the league against the run, and it was Fadakasi and Roy Robertson-Harris, and Devon Hamilton dominating guys, ragdolling guys. Okay, I still believe that they're capable of that. And this is a week that they've got to do that because they're not a good pass-rushing team. Okay, that's not breaking news. Okay, they're what? How many sacks do they have? 19? Yeah. And what is that in the league? Probably down near the bottom. Near the bottom. Yeah. If you look at their Sacks per pass attempt, it's near the bottom of the league. Josh Allen hasn't had a sack since week four, by the way. Okay. So without, with the lack of pressure, what's the best way that you can get better at rushing the passer? If you're better at stopping the run, better on the early downs. Set so up that third and long. When you are on third down or second down, second down, you might be in second and seven plus. When you get to third down, third and six plus. It's amazing how the percentages work to your favor when you can get to those two magic numbers, seven and six, second down, third down. Then you become a better pass rushing team just because 
you have the ability to dial up more things as a defensive coordinator, and you can be more aggressive. And it's harder for the offense to, to convert third, third and long. Simple fact. But you've got to get back to being physical and controlling the line of scrimmage in the run. I'm not saying that Roy Robertson-Harris or Devon Hamilton or Fadakasi got to become these dominant pass rushers. No. Just get back to owning the line of scrimmage, which you've done before. Get back to doing that. Got some passion going here, Lon. I want to see it. Kind of got in your craw there. Look, I want to see it because you know what? We've seen it before. Do it. I mean, do it. I mean, you're. And here's the thing: you got a 274 pound left guard this week. Okay, you got a center. Okay, that's okay. I mean, I know he's considered like a top 10 center in the league, but is Ben Jones Kelsey? No. Okay, the right guard, Nate Davis, good player. Yeah, it was a draft pick a couple years ago. I think like a – well, he was a third-round pick back in 19, and he's been a good player for them. That's a challenge, but so what? You went against arguably one of the better guards in the National Football League with Quentin Nelson, and you kicked his butt. I mean, kicked his butt. So let's kick Nate Davis's butt. I like that plan. Uh, we're back in a moment. Final thoughts ahead of this Jaguars-Titans matchup and a preview of TV tonight. It's the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. Final few moments of the Doug Peterson Show on this Thursday ahead of Week 14. The Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans coming up. Titans in first place in the AFC South. The Jaguars in third place, down three games in the division with five games to play. Two of those head-to-head against Tennessee. Yes, mathematically still possible. They're going to have to run the table and have some help to get it done, though. Unfortunately, and uh, it is a long shot, but it, there's, you know, you never know. Hey, get it on a little run here. Of course, Tennessee uh, this week, Cowboys coming to Jacksonville the week after that. Then a short week at New York against the Jets on Thursday night football, the week of Christmas. Then the Texans on the road in Houston. And then uh, here we come back to the bank to wrap up against Tennessee. That's the five games remaining, but one at a time, Logs. How are you feeling about this game Sunday? Um, uh, I think it's a coin flip uh, at best. But I feel good about the matchup. I, I think that they can, like I said before, I think that they can do some good things against Tennessee. But got to prove it. You know, and can Trevor get his first win against somebody other than the Colts in the division? Yeah, that's big. If he plays. If he plays. That's the other trick, too. If he right? plays. We'll see if he's out there. Uh, C.J. Beathard's been taking the snaps Wednesday and Thursday. So, I don't know. And then how do you feel about C.J. Beathard if he's the quarterback? They're saying all the right things, but, I mean. He's a backup. It's different. Yes. Yeah, he's a backup. It's going to be different. I mean, Trevor's been playing well. Trevor's been accurate. You know, Trevor's protected the ball. He had and a great now, month in November. It was fantastic. The last time we saw C.J. Beathard, he wasn't healthy. He wasn't moving around very well. That's right. Remember at the end of the offseason program, whatever that was, he, he had an injury. Tore his groin. Or came not, back. Almost. He didn't tear it. It was a groin injury. and yeah. Came back at the end of the preseason, played in that one game, didn't yep. look good. They kind of put him on a shelf again for the last preseason game against Atlanta because he wasn't moving very well. And, uh, I mean, I'm assuming that he's healthy. But – 
backup quarterbacks, you know, how would he do? Well, he's a backup quarterback. At some point, you got to go up to know. Nashville and win, though, and figure that yeah, out. Yeah, at some point, you know, at some point, you, it's what it is. There's a lot of a lot of times you or a lot of teams you got to go. At some point, you got to go to Houston and beat the Texans. Yeah, that's that's another place. <laughs> um, <laughs> what you got on TV tonight? Jaguars all access. Uh, Josh Allen. Okay, good. And Brent Martineau. All right, and we're we're going to look at a, a pretty neat play in the film room, and if you remember Evan Ingram's touchdown. I do. Against Detroit. Yes. It was, uh, I think, quarter. a second and three from the three. And there's all, the, every team has these short yardage plays, two-point plays, tight goal line, red zone, whatever you want to call it, plays that are designed for that, that quick hitter, you know. And with the Detroit Lions playing a ton of man, there's something that happens there. It's kind of similar to a basketball, like a pick play. Mm. But in football, you call it a rub. And there's a, there's a certain way that you go about it and a certain way that you execute it. And we have offensive coordinator Press Taylor in the film room to talk about the Evan Ingram touchdown and how Christian Kirk's role played a big factor in that touchdown. I think defensive players would still call it a pick. The offensive guys call it the rub play, right? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm a defensive guy. I call it a <laughs> pick play, rub play. Either way, it worked for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It worked out pretty good. We'll look forward to that. Yeah, it's good. It's a good play. It's I mean, it's it's pretty simple, but when people see it explained, it's good. String Sports Brewery, Springfield tonight. Logs will talk to you next you week. Got it. Jeff Logman, Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber, David Cho. I'm JP Shadrick. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. It's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. <laughs>